The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. 22. What do you mean? 22. After all the uncertainties of the past two years, there's been an expectation and a hope for a more normal 22-23. But now the question is... USC and UCLA do. They're both Big Ten schools. Yeah. But where does that leave the rest of us? Who could possibly answer that question in this strange new era of analytics? Mad transfers. How did it get hit? Well, it looks to me like you portaled it. A what? You know portal from wherever you were to here. What's that? It's a, a different kind of portal. It's just changed so radically and we're all... To catch up. And realignments. They both be pencils. Yeah. All we do know is the boys are back, and the Joe Beaver Show plots its own course. Now there are a few more topics that we have to cover, and we will not talk about transfers, and we will not talk about my mother. We will talk about what I want to talk about. Fair enough. Who's next? Joe Beaver is. On 1240 Joe Radio. Felt like we bypassed autumn and went right to winter. We did. We went from like 90 degrees to rainy, windy, and blustery. Yeah. Cold and chilly, rainy. Was the rain in the forecast for today, John? I was a little surprised yeah. awaking early, not yeah. as early as you. You laugh when somebody, I get up early. Oh, yeah. nobody gets up like you do. But when I walked, you know, took the dogs out for their morning constitutional, they were a little hesitant at the stoop of the porch. <laughs> Man, what is this? They're looking around going, what's going on? Yeah. And I'd say I had to explain to the dogs what we were doing uh-huh. and what was happening. Was it in the forecast? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all week, correct? Yeah, except for Pretty Wednesday much. and Thursday might be Oh, sunny. well, then that's not all week. No. Half of Wednesday and all of Thursday, maybe some sunshine, and then uh, back to rain again. Did it feel like football Saturday at Reese? Oh, it's great. Good weather. I was Foot- expecting this. Weather. Saturday. On Saturday. This rain that we have right now, I was expecting all day Saturday. It never really materialized. I guess that's why we have to, you know, Colorado said they're Remember how worried they were going to practice with wet footballs and all of that during the week? Maybe that explains a couple of drops on one drive where they had had Colorado scored there. There were a couple of times during the game, not many. I say a couple during the course of the long game where, oh, if they score here or if this happens here, they might be in it. But, boy, that that was not a a good football team Saturday. Is this the last member in the dugout all the way down to the – the bat boy that you're concerned about being in the lineup and and may well, come to bat. You know, Jim, I'm telling you, Jim, Will, Jim Wilson's a baseball guy. I think it was 24-3 and it got to 24-9. Did it? No, or may 30. I, I can't. He said, <laughs> I can't remember the deal. But when they went for two, he said, well, Mike, if <laughs> he did say this. And I, I almost looked at him like, well, okay, oh, because it almost amused me like you, I amuse you yeah. when I get worried about a seven-run. Well, see, you know, I've been there. I, I understand. I worry about things. But Jim said, and I almost smiled when he said, now they're, they're going for two here, and if they get it, they're within 24. <laughs> that, that's three scores. He was joking. No, right? he wasn't. See? Really? I'm telling you, he wasn't joking. That's why they're going for two, and if they get it, 
They're three touchdowns and three two-point conversions away from tying the game. Okay. Now, for a moment, that's one of the few times in my life that I he was not joking, <laughs> but I almost smiled like, yeah, I don't think we're going to get to that. It's sort of how I felt, but I didn't say it well, because Jim though, was because, saying it out of genuine concern. Yeah, but you, you're the one that, that <laughs> succumbs to that every baseball game. Oh, 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 he's on first. First bat, you know, eight to nothing lead. Now, that was true in... Uh, I know, in Scottsdale. Cup, in I know, Scottsdale. I know. And because of That's that, an outlier I feel like saying to you, again. see? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bruno Kirby. I don't think we'll ever see that again. That was such an outlier. <laughs> that's not the Bruno Kirby. That's one of your favorite films. And it's actually yeah. pretty good. George, George Burns and John Denver. What a combination. No, no, Who, no. In oh God. It, yeah, but wasn't it Bruno no, Kirby? No, Bruno Kirby in, said, I think apologies are in oh, order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, didn't yeah, say yeah. C. Yeah, that's That right. was actually my father-in-law <laughs> who said that, <laughs> taking his theological uh, standing from Carl Reiner, who wrote the line and put it in George Burns' yeah, mouth yeah. and, oh God, when... Uh, my father-in-law was being bombarded by his his children, his offspring, becoming uh, slightly more evangelical in their outlook as Christians than he had raised them or he had grown up, and they were pressing him, pressing him, pressing him on on the divinity of Jesus and yeah. the, and the primacy of Jesus and all yeah. that. So he takes them he takes them all to see the film Oh God, <laughs> circa 1977. And at one point in it, I've shared this before, but it's been yeah. years. And since you bring up Bruno Kirby, and I knew you were yeah. reaching for George Burns, Carl Reiner, John Denver. <laughs> at one point, John says, I have to ask George Burns as God. Yeah. I have to ask you a question. <laughs> Is Jesus your son? And George, you know, I don't know if he puffs on the cigar, but anyway, George <laughs> yeah. Burns says, well, yes, Jesus is my son, and Muhammad is my son, and you know, uh, Confucius and yeah, Buddha, and they're yeah, all yeah. my sons, as uh, all of you, uh, all are my, my yeah. all are my children, something to that effect. That's right, his right, answer. Right. And with his nine kids in, in the row at the theater, <laughs> he my father-in-law leans down the whole row of, of uh, children sitting there in the, the movie theater in Eugene, Oregon, and says to them, after hearing that, he says, see? <laughs> now, that's, that's a good story. It's a good story. It's a true story. Yeah. And it, again, I, the power of the cinema, the power of, well, it's George Burns as God saying it in a movie. See? <laughs> See? Forget the fact that yeah. it's an actor and somebody wrote <laughs> the line. It's an actor, and it was a line written by Carl Reiner for this for a very entertaining motion yeah, picture, that's, by that's the way. that's uh, underrated. But, but the Bruno Kirby, you're right. Yeah. I believe that uh, apologies, apologies are, are, are in order. order. <laughs> Lieutenant Steve, Lieutenant Steve, he was so taking bad. over for poor for Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam, <laughs> trying to say, I can be just as funny. We don't need that guy. Yeah, we don't need that guy, and he's just <laughs> awful. Good morning, John. How Good morning. are you? Good. Very well. Very well. It's a Monday. We have open phones. A rare for, Monday to be here. Yes. In fact, next Monday we'll be back a week from today in the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room. We will uh, be here until 1 o'clock today with a couple of guests next hour, and I'm really looking forward to both. Ed Langsdorf, yes, Ed Langsdorf will join us at 12.05, and his 1992 Linfield team was honored as the winning streak has reached the consecutive winning season streak at Linfield, a preposterous 
66 consecutive seasons. 66 consecutive winning seasons at Linfield. That was reached two weeks ago. Right. And I, there's a lot of really good information on yes. that. Kip gave us some. The numbers since the streak began in 56 are staggering. Wins and losses, all of that. And it brought me, I thought of it, because on Saturday morning I'm watching uh, game day and the, and the opening graphics you know, of what's coming up and, mm-hmm. and the beginning of the show. And they had that. And I oh, thought, well, nice. that's really cool. That's good. They're in the state of Oregon. Exactly. And, and is that, I wonder if they would have had they not been in the state of Oregon. No, they wouldn't have. And I thought that was great. It was right. kind of their homage to right. everything in the state. And they had da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the third little little fake banner was Linfield College 66. You know, I thought, oh, we should do something on that. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm and glad then you I happen to sit that. next to Kip. Yeah. Kip Carlson, I sit next to him every week in the press box. And he, he had just gotten back from Linfield. And on Saturday is when they honored the 92 team that made it to the championship game. And that was Ed Langsdorf's first year, I believe. It was. How about succeeding Ed yeah. and going to the championship game? I mean, yeah. Here you are succeeding a guy that was already a legend then yeah. in 91, retires from the head coaching position hands it off to Ed Langsdorf, who had been an assistant for Ad for twelve years, mm-hmm. and he goes twelve and zero until they get to the title game yeah, and lose. And That's they, a pretty good year, and they brought that team back for the thirtieth anniversary. Pretty cool uh, at Linfield this past Saturday. So Ed Langsdorf will join us. We'll talk about his career in football. Bree Galvez, who is rallying everybody up for the Fan Fest tonight at Gill Coliseum, will give us a preview of what's ahead tonight at 6 at Gill for Beaver Nation, for students, for fans, with a dunk contest, three-point shooting contest. You get a chance to take a look at the newcomers on the Oregon State men's basketball team, uh, free and open to the public tonight, and Bree Galvez will share about kind of what to look for and, you know, the showcase for the OSU men's basketball team, I've begun my preparations both in trying to get to some practices, creating charts, and this year more than ever, creating a chart is important. I mean, yeah. eight, eight new guys, guys I don't really know much about, but get a look at tonight. We'll get to see some of their skill set on display. And an intriguing, challenging season, certainly, with a lot of uh, change. Uh, in the uh, on the staff with two new coaches and Eric Reveno and Tim Shelton in joining Marlon Stewart, Stephen Thompson. I'm so glad is still here. Yeah, you know, uh, such a, a vitally important person to the program is still involved uh, in the the office staff, uh, serving important roles with scouting and and various other things that Stevie will be involved with. But a look tonight at the men's basketball team at 6 o'clock that you're welcome to attend. Bree Galvez will give us a preview at 12.30. Ed Langsdorf at 12.05. And for Ed, too, it's not just his Linfield team and teams, but his uh, about 25 years, thereabouts, even a little longer than that, scouting for the San Diego Chargers, some of his work in that world, an update on his son, Danny, uh, the influence of Ad Rutschman upon Ed. Last time I saw Ed, he loves baseball. He was at the Pac-12 baseball tournament in Scottsdale watching the Beavers play. So he'll join us at 12.05 to touch on a number of things. But 66 consecutive winning seasons, by far the longest streak at any level in yeah. football. Uh, at any level in football. Any you know level. what the next closest is? Uh, it's in the 40s. I 44. Think. Yeah. Mount Union or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So open phones th- this hour. 
And we've got Merle and Mike ready to go, and we'll get to them now. Any texts, calls, anything on the Beaver win over Colorado? Were you ever nervous? How workmanlike was it? What did you like best? The Beavers are 6-2. and two. And I almost feel like going into the bye, we almost just kind of take it for granted that they were going to be. And here we are, not too far removed from a 1-11 season before Jonathan took over. So if you want to kind of take a look at just how what your attitude is today after soundly trouncing Colorado and being 6-2, and two, I realize that SC game leaves us oh, it's one play away from being 7-1 and one and probably in the top 15 in the country. And it's a, I know, I know, we all know. But here they are at 6-2, and two, bowl eligible, and I almost feel like it's just being taken in stride, which may be a compliment to what Jonathan and the Beavers have done and how far he's come and brought the program. Any thoughts? Merle is up first. Merle, good morning. Thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Mike. Um, I got about four topics here real quick. Sure. Uh, first, first of all, was I ever nervous? I, I didn't feel the Beavers put him away in the first half. Um was the double foul on the D lineman at, was that in the first half? I believe it was. It was the back-to-back uh, roughing the passer and complaining about the call play got the guy, uh, or the pass interference right. or whatever, got the guy 30 yards. <laughs> right. So right. that got us to 21. But without that penalty, we uh, that's probably a 14-3 game or whatever. That's like, true. So yes. Um, now, on that double foul, you know, I, I didn't see the replay very clearly. Was, in your opinion, was it a roughing or not? I thought it was kind of marginal. It was kind of marginal, but the the uh, belly flop complaint or whatever he did afterwards certainly wasn't. So he compounded right. the problem. I think he may have been right to be upset about the call, but not to react the way, that strongly the way he right. did. I mean, that that's basically their, their season. Yes. Right. I mean that play. Yep. You know that's just just summed it up. Um, okay. First of all, I'm going to say this. I got to correct. My homies are ticked off at me that I don't say Jaden Jaden Grant's first name right. You know, I was saying Jaden. So right. Jaden. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved his interception, and the guy just has gold at the end of the game when he's given his uh, recap to the press to his teammates. I just. Every week I'm going to shout out for him. It's just awesome. What a great leader. The only Gary dude left, and yes. he's so non-Gary. I love it. You know? <laughs> um, okay, Bolden Superman dive. Yeah. Was that close to unsportsmanlike? Well. And I, I'm referring to right. Mike Hass high step. Sure. Sure, and Mike Cass putting his hands on his hips in Pullman and drawing a flag Superman for that. Does. Yeah, that's the Superman. You know, I I was half suspecting a flag to pop out there. I don't know if they're being a little, they being the whole officials structure, a little less punitive on those types of plays because I've seen at the collegiate level in the last couple of years, it seems, more histrionics from players celebrating touchdowns without penalties and so my sense is there may be a directive there you know I I don't know the answer to that technically but I've seen people get away with more does that make any sense to you Merle yeah but I love Bolden (laughs) I I do too he's just a juice play it Mm -hmm. wasn't you know he he just can't his energy (laughs) level is just up there like yeah it's crazy I love it I love it too um 
My last comment, okay, so we were sitting in the southwest end zone, this mm-hmm. game, right up against the new, where they should be able to put seats in there but before the Civil War, but probably won't. So, so we're in there, and that, the drive that Colorado had, mm-hmm. which they're throwing to our corner of the end zone, yeah. and there were two pass interference calls there. Maybe one was a holding. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, we were just on the refs. I, it's a, <laughs> one question. <laughs> is uncatchable still in the rule book or not? I honestly can't. I don't know. Have they removed that, or is that still? That's, a good, that's also a good question because we often go to that in our verbiage, Jim, uh, yours truly, others. But have you ever heard the white hat come on? The, there is no foul for pass interference. The pass was uncatchable. I don't, I'm not sure that I've ever actually heard it spelled out that way. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It, yeah. yeah, like have they changed the verbiage and so that's really not on the books anymore? I, you know, I just haven't seen that. You know, over the head right. thing. You know, by by the white hat. So, were the, in your opinion? I mean, that the first one I thought was like, come on, that's a no call. You know, it's way out of bounds. But I don't know. I want your opinion on that. I'll take it on the air. And, okay. And, um, thanks. Thank Bye. you, Merle. Yeah, the, the, I know the, the one of them. The upshot was not pass interference. It was holding. Before, in a sense, the yeah. pass had been thrown right. as the receiver was coming out of his break or whatever. So the official in making that call is not looking at, well, was that ball catchable or not? He's calling holding, which was the right call. It was unfortunate because the pass ended up being seven or eight yards out of bounds, completely uncatchable. Even if the guy catches it, he's well out of bounds. But the flag was for defensive holding, not yeah. pass interference, and there is a distinction there, certainly. Yeah, no, and way before, too. Um, I remember looking at that one. Yeah. Are you up? I, I'm just, yeah. I, I have, uh, yeah. I've had a rough head cold with a cold in the ear, and I'm not hearing as well, and you sounded a little quieter, I thought, than, than I expected you to sound. Are you over there? Yes, Are I you am, there? and it's okay. as high as it'll go. <laughs> so you want me to get that checked yeah, out. Yeah, I know, I know. I may, I, I may need to, amongst so many other things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Mike in Salem next. Mike, thanks for the call. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good rainy morning to you, <laughs> gentlemen. Well, had a cu- couple of things to touch on, and one is uh, just sitting here in this, you know, very autumny feeling day. Um, something I've been meaning to do at some point early in the, the season of the show, and never quite remember to do once it actually starts. And that's to thank you, Mike, and the station for carrying the Knights games. Now, I know that's off the topic here, but, you know, uh, I don't know if they're a, a moneymaker, but, boy, that is a huge part of the summer for me is to turn on uh, those broadcasts and hear, you know, the familiar voice in a, in a scenario where we're not carrying the emotional yes. load, right. you know, that the broadcasts of the Beaver games do. Right, and there's so much fun in those broadcasts, and they're so informal. Like the uh, mm-hmm. two moments stick out, and I spent, you know, you know, I don't listen to. I'll admit, not every inning, but when I'm doing a project and working in the yard, it's just it's just terrific. Sound of summer. And there were two occasions. One where I think you bought a raffle ticket, kind of <laughs> just before coming back. Yes, to break. yes. <laughs> and you know, not quite sure what the raffle was for. And the other was, I think, a game that was. Uh, one of the northern towns where there was a question of what a kid was doing or where he was going, and actually 
you were able to get the info from a family member sitting <laughs> like a rollway. <laughs> you recall? Yes, that? I do. I do. Yes. You know, and that, that they're they're wonderful, and I hope that that continues. And also, kind of on the thought of just where the the football team is, it's just great to sit here and just you know say six and two and. No, it doesn't feel like a surprise. No, mm-hmm. they feel like they could, in my mind, they're in chance to win every game yeah. uh, this year. Now, yeah. obviously, those people down there are, are pretty good. They prove that. But, you know, you, you run the ball and you play good defense. You just never know. You don't know what's going to happen when you have yeah. good coaching. Yep. And that's the key. How grateful I am that the program you know, took Jonathan as the rising star and somebody who's dedicated to the program. And it really struck me about, oh, I guess it was a month ago, when Nebraska fired Frost. I thought, now here's a case where four years ago, pretty much at the same time, two programs, wildly different, took a shot and hired the favorite son Mm -hmm. to coach the team, Mm -hmm. which is a dangerous thing. You know, any any sport, any uh, I've always been a little leery when a team when a team I root for hires a favorite player because you know what inevitably happens is that guy leaves or you have to fire yeah. somebody who you rooted so strongly for. Right, and it's great that it's going. And I mean, Nebraska thought they rang the bell when yep. they hired Frost. No question. What happened? <clears throat> right. No, there's yeah, no guarantee. I, wanna, yeah, yeah, Mike, I think what you're saying is there's no guarantee that the favorite son method is going to work. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about Jonathan as a rising star, in a sense, quietly, but but as you talk to the people in Seattle who afterwards, you know, the the uh, Dave Softy Mahler or others in the world and Mike in Seattle, maybe you can recall the rhetoric and so on if you're listening today and feel free to jump in on this as we continue in open phones. The sense I got from some of the folks who follow the Huskies closely, even though I think they respected and liked Jonathan, I don't think there was uh, wailing, uh, weeping, gnashing of teeth, great, oh my gosh, we're losing Jonathan Smith. Oh no. You know what I mean? I'm not sure that it was necessarily viewed that way and there were even some people who thought hey well now we can really open this thing up or do whatever it is people think offensive coordinators should do so i'm not sure that you know jonathan had not been a head coach unlike frost who had put up great numbers and done a tremendous job at his previous stop uh yeah, I mean, you know he so he he was a national championship exactly and he was brought in by acclamation they couldn't have hired anybody else i mean it's here he comes no. to save the program jonathan like his personality like his approach from the time he walked on at oregon state in 97 walked on at mike riley's invitation has ju- he's just got a steady solid almost stoical demeanor, and he just goes to work day after day after day and building his program. And here we are at 6-2 and two under him at the same time frame where it's all got blown out in Lincoln and all of that, a, a favorite son story that went well, another one that didn't go well for Scott. But I love how this one is going because it feels just of a piece of a character of Jonathan, whom we've known all these years. Yep, that's that's a perfect summation to it, and I love that he is steady. But you know, I loved the onside kick, even though uh, the kicker <laughs> caught it a half yard too close. I thought that was a great call at the time. That would have been a dagger if they'd been able to do that. And I like the fact that there's um, 
between him and the OC. There is a an element where you there, yeah, they're steady and they're dedicated to the run, and you, you yeah. can see it. And but also once in a while they'll reach in that hat and see if the rabbit's there. That's true. And they defy predictability in that sense, right? I mean, that's one of the things that can happen with every team and program. You fall into some predictable kind of patterns. I think the way that Jonathan and Brian go about that makes that hard to do with them. You know what I mean, Mike? I do. Yeah, I do. So that was the thing. And when you talk about predictability, my last thought of the day, if you want to say unpredictable, I give you the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> My yeah. God. <laughs> I like it. I, I haven't followed it real closely with the other duties in life, but I'm happy that they're in, and I'll be pulling for them in the World Series, certainly. Yep. One thing that goes in is that they are, they are. I think, a lot of the people who are the analytic fans are saying, you bet, they're there because they hit home runs. And, you know, when, as you look at these playoffs go by, you know, the, the, the Astros pitching is so good. Yes. And it's just Unbelievable yep. that they immediately took away that, 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 uh, or pretty much to take away that weapon from the Mariners, which is why it is. And who knows, you know, I mean, I'm sure you could make a lot of money betting on the Phillies with the way the here, the Astros are playing. But then again, you never know. That's exactly so right. With that and say, go beefs. Good to hear from you, Mike. A couple of great calls out of the gate today, John, people we haven't heard from for a while. Yeah, and Merle and Mike, Mike. In Seattle in a while. thanks for the calls. Uh, we Mike do have some text we can get to. We'll get to some text, get to some calls. Now, let me ask you, John. Yes. True or false? True. <laughs> and a 50% okay. chance. True or false? Yeah. I agree with Mike in Salem about the timing of the onside kick. True or false? False. You are correct, sir. Uh, to coin a phrase from the, the late, great Ed McMahon. Yes, you are correct, sir. I did not like it at all. Yeah, and Mike liked it. I didn't like it at all, and I rarely, you know, how how does one ever, I'll, I'll admit it on the air, I'll admit it now only because I said it on the air at the time. Yeah. Because you were four, up 14 nothing. I thought, and utterly dominating the game. You get the ball at midfield, and it's almost like that unsportsmanlike worked against you because it gave you the temptation yeah. to, well, let's do something. Now, Mike said he loved it because that's the dagger. Yeah. I like the fact that you're dominating the game. I'd like to have seen Sappington kick the ball into Valley Football Center's players' lounge there. <laughs> that would have been fine with me. And just keep, just keep, don't, don't, give, don't open the door to anything that gives the other team life. That's how I felt about it at the time. Now, I know nothing, but I that's think, how I, I felt I about they, it. They had to have felt like I did, which was this game is going to be easy. Let's have some, let's take some chances right now. Okay, gotcha. Let's take a break. Open phones. Love to hear from you. And the text, 1240. The Beavers on a bye week. Love to hear from you on 1240 Joe Radio. Are you expecting out-of-town guests this fall? Not sure where they're going to sleep? You could add on an extra bedroom. Or an easier and less expensive solution would be to buy a futon from Futon Man. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their alley resilient mattresses have a long lasting foam core. And there's lots of cover choices too. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon man.com. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? 
For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood, and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beeves! University Hero and 5th Street Growler. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the Beavs. Where in Corvallis can you watch the Beavers on TV? Enjoy your favorite sub sandwich while drinking a cold craft beer or sipping on a glass of wine. University Hero and 5th Street Growlers, that's where it's a great combination. Stop by on 5th Street, downtown Corvallis. University Hero and 5th Street Growler. Fresh subs, craft brews, and the Beavs. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon, the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. At Lassen Toyota, we believe in going the extra mile by providing those little extras that make your life easier, like online scheduling so you can pick the day and time that's most convenient for you, and courtesy rides to and from your home or workplace. We even honor our competitors' coupons whenever possible. Lassen Toyota services vehicles, but serves people. Schedule your service appointment today at LassenToyota.com, just east of I-5 on Highway 20 in Albany. Hey, this is Jake with Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai. The regular maintenance of your vehicle is essential to the longevity and performance. Our team of master technicians can service all makes and models and will get you back on the road in no time. It's easy to schedule with us, either online or just give us a call, and we can schedule your service within days, not weeks or months. We offer shuttle rides and complimentary washes with every service, and we're open on Saturdays. As always, our diverse sales staff is here to provide the very best customer service to you. We're Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai on San A.M. Highway across the street from the Fred Meyer. DB Alton Julian, you're all listening to the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Yeah, we'll look forward to Alton's exploits next year. Yeah, the Beaver defense, the secondary, you heard Mike talk about Jaden Grant. Jaden, or Merle may have talked about Jaden, yeah, but yeah. Jaden is a true leader. And where does that come from? It comes from a lot of things, his own soul his own workings his own but it comes a lot i'm sure from his upbringing yeah. and one of the greats of all time the j walter kennedy citizenship award winner brian grant right one of the all-time tremendous leaders and and good people of the league and i was time. watching uh jaden in the pre the post-game press conference and i just it just hit me man he looks like brian more and yeah. more yeah the older he gets yeah the bigger stronger right. more physical Speaking of uh, Brian Grant's former team, eh, here they are at 3-0. <laughs> Got to get to the bye at 3-0. Oh, no, that's the Beavers. Got to get to the bye at 6-2. But I like the Blazers. Well, that was a good so win far, yesterday yeah. to be down seven late and yeah. pull that thing out. And they're doing all of that without GP2. That's right. No, it's a good start. <laughs> good start for a team that I'll care more about this year maybe than ever. Uh, they the play Denver tonight. Home? Home game here okay. on Clue. Or, well, on clue here in the mid valley okay very good roger joins us tumwater on deck open phones and texts uh, john's scanning the text for some signs to share and 
We'll get to those. Ed Langsdorf and Bree Galvez to talk about tonight's event at Gill Coliseum at twelve thirty. Bree will join us. Ed at twelve oh five. A lot of football to talk to with Coach Langsdorf. Roger, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. It is a good morning. Baseball first. Uh, it's kind of tough when you don't have a team to root for, and so inevitably I have to root for someone, so I root against someone. But, <laughs> you know, we don't have Adley and Baltimore, and we don't have Seattle, and then Cleveland got uh, bumped out. And I always root against the Yankees, but... That last series was tough because I used to love Houston. You know, they came in with the Mets and stuff, and they were kind of one of the darlings. But after their cheating deal, I find it pretty hard to root for them. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm a Phillies fan. Takes me back to 64. I rooted for them, too. So, uh, But anyway, um, football. Uh, You know, in the Pac-12, it looked initially, I mean, Cream comes to the top, and it looked like Washington and, and SC were kind of, you know, the juggernauts, and, and then Utah was in the mix, and then, of course, it kind of it kind of looks like that, that Oregon is probably going to be in the driver's seat. But uh, there was a couple weaker teams, and I was pleasantly surprised to see what Colorado did a week ago against Cal, and that begs the question is, how weak is Cal? Because Colorado looked pretty anemic to me. But I realize the Beavers are, are improving quite a bit. It's a good but the point. other yeah. team, Go ahead. you know, Stanford, you know, the debacle that they yeah. had. And, you know, they deserved to beat us, really. I mean, uh, you know, we kind of pulled one out there. But then they go back to Notre Dame, and then they play Arizona State. See, so, yeah. so they're... You know, we have a pretty tough league up and down. I don't mm-hmm. think we're as weak as we were a couple couple uh, couple years ago. But the thing I like is our run defense makes all the difference in the world. Yes. And our pass defense is really coming around. I mean, the guys are not just shadowing them and trying to tackle them after they catch the ball, but they're being more aggressive. Uh, and so, anyway, it's you know we're not that far away from from being eight and zero. You know, yeah, or but, uh, you know, or you could look at it. You talk about Stanford and Fresno State. I, you're right. It's difficult for us sitting here at six and two to not lament and rue one more play against USC. Stop him on fourth down instead of the Bush push two, getting him to midfield in a first down. If you stop Caleb Williams there, you probably win that football game. If Ryan Cooper Jr., who leads the conference in passes defended, gets to Jordan Addison just a split second earlier, he may get in the way of that bullet throw down the sideline by Williams to Addison for the winner. The coverage wasn't bad. It was a great throw by Caleb Williams. Cooper was just a, a half a you know half a tick late in getting there. Then you're seven and one and you're thinking, okay, life is good. We're in this hunt. You know, we went out, we're going to Vegas, et cetera, et cetera. Now you set those ideas against Fresno State, it's possible that Jack could have been stopped instead of scoring. You know, it's also possible that uh, that Treshawn Harrison doesn't make the play of his life at Stanford with 13 seconds to go also. So I think at 6-2, and two, we just need to take it for what it is and I think be pretty impressed with what it is. Well, we haven't really gotten beat this year. I mean, we, we uh, you know, I mean, we played everyone at least even. Uh, but 
I noticed last couple of weeks we had a couple two score victories, and and that's kind of encouraging. Right. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I, I had some guests with me, and they they weren't up to the whole game, and it was kind of nice to be able to leave in the middle of the third quarter, knowing that the game was in hand. Uh, do you know the time of of Saturday's game? Well, you mean the next game for the Beavers? Yeah. Well, they had no game this weekend. It's a bye week, and then they play Friday night in Seattle, I believe, at 7.30, Doc. Is that correct? We won't won't know that time of that game for for another week or 10 days, probably. No, for the Cal game, you mean, coming back after that. No, we don't know yet. All right. Thanks, Roger. Good talking to you. Now, it's been a while since I visited with Dave. I enjoyed hearing him stop by at uh, the OSU Beaver store. If I'm not mistaken, Johnny, you and Dougie had a conversation with Dave at the Beaver store before the we game. We did. We did. It was he great was, to hear. In person, that was cool. Great to hear Tumwater, who joins us on the Downward Dog phone line, I'm sure with a number of things to get to. Uh, Dave, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thank you, Mike. Good morning to you as well, John. Yeah, a few quick things, if I might. Uh, Mike, I'll try to get through them as quickly as possible. Great calls this morning, especially Merle. Is it Merle or is it Merrill? I almost asked that half rhetorically. I think TJ had a little trouble with that one time. It's Merle. On the, on the call. It's Merle. M-E-R-L-E. Okay, very good. Glad to get that. Anyway, that was a great call. Mike's as well. And Roger's. Regarding that one pass interference, Mike, I thought it would have been more plausible if the referee had called unnecessary roughness. Hmm. I mean, I could see where that might have been plausible, but pass interference was beyond the pale. That ball was clearly not uh, catchable. Pivoting to the Husky game, I'm I'm, uh, going a slightly different direction. For Oregon State fans planning to attend that game, Check out the, the UW campus parking map. This is an old saw of mine. For some of the lots, including the central parking garage, you've got to have a particular app to pay for parking on campus. I don't need to say any more. I can feel my, my blood pressure rising just verbalizing that. Some lots you can pay with credit card, but most of them you have to have a tailor-made stupid app to pay for parking Heaven for that Oregon State should ever go in that direction. Okay. That's just a quick side okay. note to Thank Sarah you. Elcano. Thank you. Uh, UW game, uh, the, the game itself, obviously it's, another, it's like the coup game. It's the next pivot point. Oregon State's either going to find itself in the top half of the conference bracket or, uh, or with a loss, unfortunately, trying to make sure it stays at the top half, mm-hmm. top of the bottom half of the conference. Quickly transitioning to professional football, I want to recant and renounce something I said earlier last spring. I said I thought the Seahawks got rid of the wrong guy. I would have kept Wilson and gotten rid of Pete Carroll. I officially am now stipulating Pete Carroll is a genius. In fact, I called in to the Green Bay Packers post-game call-in show on Sunday. And uh, in fact, they gave me the guillotine treatment. They didn't want to hear what I had to say, but I said, this, what you see in green Bay versus what you see in Seattle is what happens when you become hostage to the interest of a particular player. Hmm. And I said, what's happening in green Bay is entirely predictable uh, as opposed to Seattle 
which is going to which is going to qualify for the playoffs because they went in a new direction. So I just want to get that off my chest. Yeah, sure. I was wrong. They did, in fact, get rid of the wrong guy. As in fact, I might drive down Saturday. I heard a guy on, on I think it was on KEJO. The Fox said this this uh, Russell Wilson injury is actually a cover story <laughs> for the fact they wanted to try someone out at the position, which doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. Lastly, gentlemen, John in particular, I got the best present from an individual I've had in almost 30 years, from no less than Kim Warren, who gave me my own Day from Tumwater T-shirt, which I'm hoping to rock it, it maybe in surprise, or maybe in baseball uh, when, it, when, nice. we, when, it, when warm weather returns. I just want to publicly acknowledge Kim's generosity. Uh, uh, John's so lucky to have her in his life, and I just want to end on that supremely positive. Dave, note. How, how did uh, St. Chris like her her T-shirt? She she's got a big kick out of it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna post we're gonna put our shirts on. Yeah, and Chris got a CFT shirt, Mike, uh, as well as DFT getting his own. So I, I, I haven't felt so warm about a gift since somebody gave me a cheese head. In 1997 or 1998, <laughs> hey. it, was, it, was, it just made me feel so nice. And I just want to thank Kim for her generosity. Now, after all of that sweetness and light and the generosity and the T-shirt custom made, I want to get back to the guillotine. Now, and that, <laughs> that is what when you say they gave me the, the guillotine, guillotine treatment, what, did they have a sound effect where they cut your head off or they just cut you off? What do you mean by that? Well, actually, Mad Dog Russo does have the Eddie, the, who's the screener uh, slash producer. He does have a guillotine, but and it's the, it's just a, it's exactly what you imagine. It's the sound of a guillotine coming down, and and, and it's, uh, he might play it maybe maybe once or twice a week. So they didn't. So the Packers OT, the post game call, yeah. they don't have the guillotine sound effect. But I got that treatment because they, they, those guys were really depressed. They didn't want to hear what I had to say because everyone wants it. They want to, well, everyone, yeah. I mean, you guys want an optimistic turn sure. of your cars. Sure. I mean, it's just human nature. But sometimes, gentlemen, you simply have to face reality. <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers have put themselves in a real bind by, by, by hitching their wagon ineluctably. Um, by the way, <laughs> Well, I, I tried a new word out on John and Doug Saturday. When I was walking to the bookstore, I was hit by some grapple. Mike, you know what grapple is? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it's a, they're ice pellets. It was actually, I actually had crystalline substance striking my face walking to the bookstore on Saturday because the, there was wow. a, a downdraft or something like that. Uh, it wasn't much, but anyway, so, uh, so that's what I have to say. Dave, thank oh, you. By the way, Mike, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the onside kick. I thought that was a grave mistake. Well, I thought just, just bury these people, right. make them drive the field and they, and the call, because I mean, what, what, if you're going to do that, Mike, you have to execute that perfectly. And it wasn't executed perfectly provided field position and an opening. Yeah. And it wasn't until the back-to-back penalties 
in many respects that Oregon State recovered from what I thought was actually the only poor coaching right. decision and, and you from know, a very well-coached game. Yeah, and Jim made, the, as always, the astute point right after it. He said, Mike, the difference here now with the Beavers this year, remember at UCLA when they jumped the Bruins 21 nothing early and they used a... They used a drop, uh, uh, a drop kick, and they did, you know, maybe they didn't drop kick, and they've been told since they better. But he said in those days, in a sense, you're trying to steal a possession here and there because you kind of need to to win football games. He said this team right now doesn't need to do that. That was his take on it, and I, I think that that was a, f- a fair take on Jim's part. It wasn't merely fair, Mike. It was vintage. It was classic Wilsonian tactical strategic brilliance. Right. He's absolutely right. Both retrospective and in the moment. I actually had my earbuds in. Yeah. uh, Because sometimes I listen to you guys when I'm actually in the stadium. Mm -hmm. I do that a little bit more so I don't miss out on some of the elements of the broadcast. But Jim was spot on as he usually is 100% of the time. Great to hear from you, Dave. Thanks for the call. He knows how Elmer Gantry feels now, getting that stuff in his face as he walked towards you guys in the OSU Beaver store. You all remember, you all remember Elmer Gantry. And we're going to take our... Uh, Gumble or gum? <laughs> I'm still not sure with my he- my bad ear. Yeah. What did he say? What's ah, the word? Ah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now we're we're going to take our final break this hour. Everybody's sick. Uh, TJ's got a head cold and I so know, does Kim. I know. It's going around, and I've tested. I've tested, and it's negative, but it ain't positive either. It's not yeah. a fun th- It's been a, a pretty good stretch with this nonsense. We'll take a quick break. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get to some texts next as well before Ed Langsdorf on a number of things. The art of scouting, as he did for the San Diego Chargers for about 17 seasons after coaching his son Danny at Linfield and he was back up in McMinnville this past Saturday, his 92 team being recognized as the streak continues for Linfield. 66 consecutive winning seasons, the longest at the football level in any sport, at any division ever. Incredible. Coach Langsdorf, part of it, he'll join us to talk a number of things. Bree Galvez on the Fan Fest tonight. Open phones and texts coming up on 1240 Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. The outside to the left, and Johnson. Touchdown, Beavers! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. Touchdown, Beavers! So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. 
Oh, she rattles off, that's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already, darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandham Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family-owned and offers new vehicles and over a 1,000 used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany. Get a great deal on versatile Kubota equipment today, like Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors. Part of Kubota's tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. Plus C-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles. Stop by Lynn Benton Tractor today and bring home the Kubota L2501 tractor for $0 down, 0% APR, plus save up to $1,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more details. That was an example, John. You asked about residual effect of game day being present down the road, and I think the Linfield storyline is a residual effect. Yeah, and a the, good one to have the banner and the graphic up right. at the beginning of the show that Linfield, with their everything, their right. logo, their colors, all that. Yeah, I think that was a residual effect. Let's go to Paul on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Paul. Well, good morning, Mike. Uh, I was sitting right above that. Uh, the caller that called in about that uh, pass interference call. Yes. Uh, that pass was so far over the head, it almost hit the cement wall <laughs> over there on the side. Yes. But I think the upshot of that, though, again, was the hold before. Not so much the pass. In, they may have said pass interference. I don't know. Did they? Yeah, they, they, they called pass interference. Okay. And, I mean, you saw the referee immediately put – push both hands out from his chest and that's yeah. pass interference. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, what what the defender did was he didn't hold the guy because the guy was in front of him. He pushed him. Mm-hmm. He pushed him from the back out of bounds. Right. Is what he did. And then the guy standing behind me, he's the dial bus driver, he said, well, you know, you push, that's interference. You know, if you even push the guys, I don't care where the ball is, that's interference. But like a previous caller said, Whatever happened to uncatchable ball? I haven't heard that in two or three years. So I, I think somebody must have changed the verbiage for the for the referees that they could no longer call an uncatchable ball if you even touch a guy or, or you yeah. know yeah you know fight with him. It's going to be interference no matter where the ball went. Maybe the lesson therein is just don't touch the guy. If the guy, if the if the offensive player is in front of you and you see the ball sailing in the air and it's clearly not catchable, it's clearly not, it's way out of bounds. Just keep your hands to yourself. Well, then there there lies the rub. The defender never turned. If why would not? If the defender knows where he's running, he's running toward the sideline. Why wouldn't you turn your head around to look for the ball when you get like? two yards from the sideline thinking that's the only place they're going to throw the ball is right here to the line. Mm -hmm. Turn your head around and look for it. If you turn around and look for it and it's five feet above your head, you don't have to touch it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point, Paul. Thanks for the call. Unless there's anything else, we're going to move to another caller. Do you anything else, Paul? 
No, that's it. It was a it was a great game, and uh, hopefully, I think I'm a little more convinced now that uh, we're going to be able to win some more games, and I think uh, we should be able to go up and take care of Washington. But I think it's going to be a close uh, close game. Absolutely. Thanks for the call. No doubt of that. But I think the Beavers can win the game on a on, for a number of reasons, which we'll explore in the next couple of weeks. Dave, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Hey guys. So just to, to start off with Washington, I watched the game against Cal. Neither one of them looked that great. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think the only reason that's going to be a tough game is, uh, uh, first of all, Washington, their offensive line is actually really good. They do really good pass protection. Yes. Um, but, but it will be at Husky stadium and yep. I, that's going to be the biggest hurdle for the Beavers is being on the road against that team. That crowd has always been tough to win there, but I, I think, I think we're actually a, a solid team and, and better than they are. I think we're better than Cal also. Mm-hmm. So those, those are, I, I look at the next three games and think we should, we should win those games. Uh, maybe that's maybe an optimistic. Um, <laughs> now, well, I think you're, I, you're, they're I, certainly I, one of all four well, of them. All four of them are in play. No I, doubt about that. Well, I called the right show to be a homer, right? Yeah, exactly. The Joe <laughs> Beaver show at, at a now, baby. Yeah. Now the one question I had, I had a, a few uh, family members who are also fans of the program down the road, and they all said the same thing: if the Beavers had a top-notch, you know, quarterback, not just a pretty good quarterback or a game manager type quarterback, then we would be in that, you know, obviously top twenty-five. Much tougher to beat is, you know, yeah, a, a no, much more yeah. complete. Right. And I think that's a fair assessment. Now, now I don't know if Chance Nolan, if he stayed healthy, if that would have been the answer. Uh, right now, we've got Goldbranson, who I thought played a much, much better game this last Saturday. But, you know, the, the pass he made to Velling over the top yes. was just a perfect pass. Um, how do you rate his coming along yeah. midseason so, going into the process? Good question. How do you, how do you rate that as... Yeah, is the improvement. It's a good question, Dave. We got to go. John's going to sneak in some text. We don't have. I don't have time to get into that. That's something we'll explore yeah. in more open phones. It's a good question, and we will take it up in the in the week ahead and the week after that too. What do you got, Johnny? Mark and Tigard writes in to say Warith Alatiche selected number fourteen in the G League draft by the Ontario Clippers on Saturday. Okay, thank you. So that's an update there. Mike in Seattle writes to report about uh, the Pac-12, and uh, I reported on this this morning is changing its format for the baseball tournament. Right. Three teams, three, three pod teams. So you're going to have nine teams now instead yeah. of eight, right. three in a pod. They'll play two games in the first pod. And then it doesn't yeah. say what happens after okay. that. You play each other and that's coming up. So thanks to uh, Mike in mm-hmm. Seattle for that one. And uh, let's see. I got to go one more. Curtis says, I think we are ahead of schedule. I would love to have that USC game back. Yep. But you can't look back now. Go Beavs. And that's all the time okay. we have for now. There's more. Okay, lot. we'll try to get to more of them as we have opportunity next hour. Thank you for taking time to uh, text us on the University Honda text line and calling us on the Downward Dog phone line. We've got a couple of guests coming up in our next hour, but some open phones at the end of the show. Thanks for joining us on 1240 Joe Radio. Okay, please. Here's the microphone. This, thing on. this is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And- QID 1240 Joe Radio.
I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. Stocks rallied sharply last week. The major index is all up about 5%, and they are extending those advances today. The Dow Jones Industrial is currently up 487 points. The S&P 500 had by 50, and the Nasdaq Composite has tacked on 83. Shares of AT&T. Among the day's notable gainers, analysts at Raymond James upgraded the telecom company's stock to strong buy, helping AT&T shares leap more than 2.5%. Too much supply, not enough demand. Airbnb hosts say bookings fell off a cliff amid an influx of new vacation rentals. Occupancy has fallen due to a variety of factors. There are many more hosts on the platform. Prices have risen and travelers may be cutting back. Analysts say after two years of many destinations benefiting from longer stays and more work from home or work from anywhere flexibility, we are now seeing a correction toward a new normal somewhere between the old one and the 2021 boom. That's your money now. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. It's Medicare open enrollment time. See the Medicare specialists at Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. Look at all the 2022 plan choices, including prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. This is your time to see if you can find a lower premium and extra benefits. Open enrollment starts October 15th and ends December 7th. Call now to make an appointment. Since 1961, Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency, Lebanon, Albany, and Staten, or RhodesWardenINS.com. Hi, I'm Dennis Overs, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to tell you simply how to turn your shoulders. I'm sure like most golfers, you've either been told or have heard that in order to hit the ball longer, you need to make a big shoulder turn. Well, yes and no. Turning your shoulders too much results in a flatter plane, and flat turns don't deliver as much speed as those that are on plane. Here's what to do. Tilt your shoulders as well as turn them. The proper amount of tilt and turn will position your shoulder line on the proper plane, helping you apply maximum force and speed to the ball. When you practice, place your driver across the front of your shoulders and turn to the top of your swing. Then check the angle of the shaft after your turn. If you've done it correctly, the shaft and your shoulders will point to the ground slightly above the ball. Now you're in position to deliver power to the ball. So remember, tilt as well as turn to get a lot more yards. 
For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. This is Staples. So rumor has it that Staples has everything I need to ship. Mm -hmm. We have all the shipping supplies and services you need. Boxes? Yep. Mailers? Yeah. And we have UPS here in store. What will Staples think of next? (laughs) Right? No, seriously, I'm asking, what what, what will they think of next? Staples is your one-stop shipping destination. Now get 50% off shipping boxes, mailers, or tubes when you buy five of the same item in-store or online with one-hour pickup. Staples, the best-kept secret in shipping. Ends 1231. Exclusions apply. Visit staplesconnect.com slash shipping for details. Ew. Stuck in a cycle of rewashing your clothes? Ugh. Because you can't remove tough laundry odor? Ugh. When detergent by itself can't cut it, use new Downy Rinse and Refresh. With a breakthrough odor-removing formula, it removes odors in one wash, better than the leading value detergent in three washes, keeping all your laundry fresh. Mmm. <laughs> now you can break the cycle of rewashing. <sighs> with Downy Rinse and Refresh. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. We head into the second hour on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren getting ready to visit with Coach Ed Langsdorf. Retired from uh, scouting with the San Diego Chargers after the 2016 draft. A very interesting career for Coach. Part of one of the amazing stories in the history of uh, collegiate sport. And I suppose just the history of sport in general in uh, our country. In that a streak that began in 1956 as... Ken Wheeler pointed out in a tremendous story in 1997, Kip Carlson was kind enough to pass this along. This is how, this is beautiful writing because of the context in which Kip, uh, Ken Wheeler put it in the Oregonian in 97, and Kip was kind enough to forward to us ahead of our conversation with Coach Ed Langsdorf. This is the paragraph, quote, the streak began in 1956. The year the Portland Beavers moved out of their Vaughn Street ballpark. The year Mickey Mantle won the Triple Crown and the Yankees beat the Dodgers in a World Series in which Don Larson pitched a perfect game. The year that Tommy Pro throws Oregon State Beavers became a Rose Bowl team. That's a beautiful paragraph. Uh, Very well written. All great facts from that particular year. And the last one touches home here beautifully with Tommy in just his second year. Took uh, Kip Taylor's team, which had Kip got off to a good start, stumbled badly late. Bernard Malamud even wrote about it in uh, 
One of his fine books looks like we're going to have to make a change in our football coach, wrote Bernard, with fictional characters in uh, that time period when he was at Oregon State College, and they did. They made the change to pro throw, and in two years, Tommy was in the Rose Bowl. Tremendous coaching job. Jonathan Smith, uh, in in my view, in the same kind of way, rebuilding and getting the Beavers to 6-2 and at the bye. Over the weekend, Kip had a football doubleheader going to Linfield, for Linfield's game, at which the 1992 team that played for the national championship under our next guest, head coach Ed Langsdorf, in that 92 team, his team was honored the NAI Division II national title game in 92. And Ed had that somewhat unenviable task of succeeding the great Ad Rutschman. The first, yeah. It's a little bit like John Wooden handing it off to Gene Bartow. Bartow, I think, might have gone to the Final Four but didn't win it. So, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with UCLA basketball? <laughs> it's tough to succeed a legend. Ed did and did so beautifully and has had a, an outstanding career as an educator and a coach and a scout. Retired now, living in Sun City, Arizona. It's a pleasure to welcome Ed Langsdorf to the Joe Beaver Show. Coach, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great, Mike. How are you? Well, really, really feeling great and so grateful to have you on. Are you back down in the sun in Arizona or are you still up here in the Beaver State? I'm still in uh, Salem. My daughter lives here and uh, so we're visiting her and uh, we're heading home, uh, heading back to Arizona tomorrow. How was the gathering Saturday to be back in McMinnville for the recognition of your team? What was that like for you, Ed? It was really a great experience. Uh, you know, some of those senior guys and even some of the uh, underclassmen that were there, I really hadn't seen them in 30 years. Uh, you know, the seniors, uh, they went their way, and uh, oh, I would see them occasionally at a ball game uh, before I left Linfield. But uh, getting to see those guys uh, face-to-face and visit with them, it was really, uh, really rewarding for me. We had a great time. We had a little uh, social uh, event prior to the game, and then uh, following the game, one of the players on the team who still lives in McMinnville had a a nice uh, little reception for anybody that wanted to come over, and and a lot of the guys did. And so it was uh, was really an enjoyable day for me and one that I uh, will really cherish. It was a lot of fun. There is so much wonderful history in in Linfield Athletics, Linfield football now we're talking about particularly, but what Ken Wheeler wrote beautifully contextualized the beginnings of this unprecedented streak in sport. 66 consecutive winning seasons now for Linfield. And you were part of it, Ed, for for a four-year run as the head coach, 92 to 95, and I mentioned playing for the championship in 92. (laughs) I mean, that's incredible to me that you inherited an amazing streak from Paul and from Ad and kept it going yourself that Jay Losey did and everybody else has. But when you look back at being part of that 66-year run, what does that mean to you in your, in your career? Well, I think that's a pretty uh, special thing. You know, you look at all the great football powers around the country at all levels, and, you know, none of them are close to that. And uh, so I think that really really kind of speaks for itself. I'll tell you this, though. Uh, I don't believe any of the coaches, Ad included, and, and myself and Jay and Joe, really spend a lot of time thinking about mm-hmm. that. And it certainly isn't part of the, part of the uh, goal 
to you know maintain the streak. I mean, it's not a stated thing. Uh, I guess it's sort of an expected byproduct of uh, if the coaches and the players and everybody do what what they're supposed to do and and uh, that sort of thing. The only time I ever was <laughs> aware of the streak or really thought about the streak was my first year as a head coach, and I remember we played OIT down at OIT in the fifth game of the season. And for some reason or other, that stuck in my mind. And uh, when we were 4-0 and going into that game, and I remember at the end of the game thinking, wow, the monkey is off my back this first year because <laughs> we made it. But other than that, I, uh, I really didn't spend a lot of time thinking about the streak, and I don't think the other coaches have either. But I'll say this, everybody is really proud of it, that's for sure. And how fun is it, Ed, this is John, to have Joe, who was on your team back then, the connection is still there because he's still coaching there. Yeah, and I, I try to stay in touch with Joe. I, I, I text him uh, from time to time. He does the same with me. It was great to see him uh, after the POU game the other day, which they won rather handily. Um, they have played in California a couple of times over the last few years. We've been down in, in Arizona since uh, December of 2015, and uh, we have some friends that are, have a strong connection to uh, to Linfield as well. And we've uh, driven over to L.A. to uh, to see the Wildcats play uh, down in L.A. They played Chapman one year, and they played at Redlands one year. And one of the players that was on the 92 team, he was a junior at the time, Jim Good is the head coach at Redlands. And so when we played, uh, when Linfield played at Redlands a few years ago, uh, I was able to say hi to Jim, uh, Jim Good, and also to see Joe and the staff and everything. So we've we've stayed in touch, and uh, it's really fun to see Joe do the job that he's doing. In fact, I think his winning percentage, I think he's been there something like 17 years, he's got the best winning percentage of any coach that's been at Linfield. So he not only has... Uh, carried the torch. He's uh, he's improved on it a little bit. Yeah, that's impressive. Now, that year, you your '92 team was celebrated just this last weekend. You know the old great rivalry between uh, uh, Ad and and Frosty and PLU. That was the closest game for you until the end, 14 to seven in your opener, and then you lose. You, you right. win straight through in fr- pretty convincing fashion, but then a fairly close loss to Findlay, Ohio, and Portland. What? What do you remember about that game? Because you were rolling along up until that championship game. Well, there's a couple things I remember. First of all, I don't like to remember it. I'd rather <laughs> think about the 12 wins rather than the one loss. But um, the, uh, the the thing that I remember about it, there was a lot of distractions. We had we had to go up to Portland to to do a walkthrough. Um, Neil Lomax was uh, was sponsoring the game. His corporation. Uh, they were the corporate sponsors for the ball game, and it was at a neutral site, which was, I think, rather new at the time. I think most of the time the championships games were played at, at one of the team's uh, home field. But So we had that going on, and I tried to figure out whether we should stay in a hotel the night before or go back to McMinnville and all the travel and that sort of stuff, and I was kind of distracted about the whole thing. I felt like I did maybe the worst job of, you know, organization and coaching and all that sort of thing. So I'm kind of, kind of disappointed in that. Findlay was a very good team, and uh, they beat us fair and square that day. I, I, but I, I don't know that I 
had my best effort uh, in getting mm-hmm. us ready to play that game. So that's kind of what stands out in, in my mind. Um, I thought our guys tried hard. They played hard. I don't know that I was part of putting them in the right positions to win that game. But uh, we had a great year, and so I kind of try to remember the good parts of that as well. Ed Langsdorf joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Linfield Hall of Fame, class of 2006. His 92 team celebrated at Maxwell Field this past Saturday in McMinnville. Before you ascended to the head coaching position and succeeded, Ed, you had been on his staff, from what I understand, coach, for about for 12 years. What about the opportunity? Were you hesitant in any way, knowing that, you know, this is Ad Rutschman you're succeeding. Did you have any hesitancy at all along those lines? <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of that. Uh, you know, Ad was so supportive, and he was uh, very supportive of me taking that job. But I remember uh, distinctly walking out of President Walker's office when uh, the offer was made and I accepted it and so forth, and I walked out of his office and I was standing on the um uh, steps of Melrose Hall, getting ready to walk down, and I thought to myself, "What the heck have <laughs> I done?" <laughs> and I, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure whether I was going to make it through the year or not. But uh, I had a lot of support. The kids were great. Um, you know, they, I think they rallied around the situation. I told them the first day of practice, "says You guys got to play a whole lot better." than you have in the past because we don't have as good a head coach as we had uh, up, to, up to this point. And uh, they kind of took that to heart. That team had a great deal of um, respect for one another. They were truly friends with one another. There was no clicks on that team. Um, we had a couple of, of standout players, but we didn't have a ton of standout players. We had a bunch of gritty, tough uh I guess you'd call them overachievers in a sense. In, in many ways, uh, we had we had nine new starters on defense, and I didn't know how we were going to be there, but we ended up being a really good defensive team, and uh, we had a quarterback who had a uh, uh, he was a smart, tough, competitive kid, uh, and he ran the option real well, and uh, with together with Wes Swan and, and Bob Meweeney and our other coaches, we, we decided to run some option, which was a little bit um, maybe out of style, but uh, we were pretty effective at it. We had good running backs, and our offensive line was just really solid. And uh, so we ended up having a, having a heck of a year. Well, Ed, I, you, the name of <clears throat> Langsdorf will always be special to me because the first game I ever broadcast 32 years ago was when your son was the quarterback of McMinnville High School. And I have that game on tape somewhere buried. And then I worked with Danny, when, of course, when he was here uh, at Oregon State some 15 years later. So very nice in that. I'm sorry to ask this. I don't. Where, where were you then before, before you then got to, uh, uh, where were you from, and before you got to McMinnville to work with that? I was at Concordia College in uh, Moorhead, Minnesota. I, I uh, had graduated from there in 1967, and then I went to graduate school at Washington State, and then I went back to Concordia on the staff there. Well, after I got done with graduate school, I coached uh, and taught in the Pullman public school system, uh, and then I, 1970, I went back to Concordia on the staff there, 
and I was there for about 10 years, and I came to Linfield in 19, 1970. Excuse me, 1980. 1980. Okay. And then Warfield. So that's where I was. And, yeah. and Coach, let me ask you something. We have read and heard Kerry Eggers a couple of years ago wrote one of the greatest in-depth stories I've ever seen in a tribute to, to Ad Rutschman, uh, talking to so many different people, Mike Riley included. Mike has told us in various contexts that he learned more pure football and technique and that he said Ad could have coached any position group anywhere on the field and coached them well. I'm wondering what in working for him for 12 years and then succeeding him as the head coach at Linfield and the legend that Ad is, what what your impressions were, what Coach Riley said about learning from Ad, what your sense of, I guess, uh, indebtedness to him as a football coach in person, what he meant to you in those years. Well, he was something else. I, I told, I've said this publicly before. He's had more influence on me professionally than anybody in my life, um, and maybe even up to my uh, to my parents. He's a, you know, he's a he's a pillar of character for one thing, and he was uh, extremely detail oriented. Um, what Mike Riley said about him in terms of coaching any position, it was right on. I mean, he he, he knew everything about every position and he and he and he made it a point to know that i mean he didn't uh you know he would go to clinics and he would listen to the talks and everything but he would try to get a hold of the coaches after they were done with their presentations or before uh, and try to meet with them and buy them a cup of coffee or something and pick their brains and i know that he did that as a young coach and i think he continued it throughout his career and i remember sitting in meetings i don't know how many different times and Ad would say something, and I would think to my, I would say to myself, "Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> or why didn't anybody else on our staff think about that?" Mm-hmm. He just had a real creative way of, of thinking about football. Um, he never took vacations. Um, you know, he he was just all in, and he wasn't a narrow-minded person by any stretch. I mean, he had hobbies, uh, gardens, he fishes. You know, he does other things. But boy, he had a real, uh, or has, I should say, a real interest and uh, uh, in learning and and uh, analyzing and thinking about uh, uh, football. And I think he did the same thing with baseball. Uh, he was he was, a, was an innovator in his own way, and uh, boy, he just I mean, he was a real influence. And, and you talk to the players that have played for him down through the years. And from his very, you know, from the guys that played for him at, at Hillsborough High to everybody that played for him all the way through his career at Linfield, they all say the same thing about him. Every June, there's a there's a reunion, uh, the kind of the Rushman reunion, and it's been going on for I don't know, I don't know, twenty some years, I guess. Uh, it's always I think the first Saturday in June, and every year a pile of guys come back. Some guys come almost every year. Some guys make it here and there. I've kind of, I've tried to get a back here for two or three of those in the last few years, uh, and they all, you know, say the same thing about him. Uh, about him, and uh, they all will say that he influenced their lives. There are several guys that are really successful in business who have taken Ad's uh, approach to football and applied it to their jobs. 
and have become extremely successful. I mean, really successful guys that have made a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, by applying some of his principles of of, uh, of working with people and so forth uh, to their business, and have been highly successful at it. So uh, you can't say enough about Ad. Uh, the fact that he's in the College Hall of Fame, uh, I think, speaks to his ability to coach football, but I think his ability and, and influence on young people was uh, every bit as equal to that. Hmm. So well said, Coach. Thank you. Ed Langsdorf with us for a couple of more minutes. I do want to follow that a little bit with your perception of getting to be around him, if at all, that your your duties may have kept you. But I know you love baseball because I saw you last at the Pac-12 tournament when the Beavers were down in Scottsdale this past spring, so you follow everything closely. The sense that you got for Ad in his pride in a young man by the name of Adley Rutschman, his grandson, to see Ad coming around Goss Stadium at Coleman Field was one of the highlights of my life in this profession. To see this the, the football royalty walking in, sitting down, and people coming up to him everywhere, wanting to talk to him. He was always so gracious with his time to all the people that sought him out. But he was there to watch baseball and his grandson play it better than anyone perhaps in Oregon State history ever has. What was your sense out of the pride and joy he was taking and still is in what Adley's doing? Oh, I think he, I think he, he really, really takes a lot of pride in that. And I'll tell you what I think he takes maybe the most pride in is the kind of person that Adley is. Yeah. I, I think for all of Adley's uh, athletic abilities and, and uh, exploits and so forth, I think Ad is probably most proud of the way he handles himself. Um, but he's obviously proud of his, uh, his, uh, uh, ability to play the game too. And of course, Ad, uh, <laughs> analyzes everything. <laughs> Every time I talk to Ad about Adley, he'll say something about, well, I think he ought to be doing this a little bit, but I don't know. Uh, one of the, one of the things he said the first time I talked to him, I called him right after Adley got called up uh, this year. And I said, uh, uh, hey, that's a pretty cool deal. And uh, we talked to him. He said, <laughs> first thing he said was, yeah, but I wish he'd get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it is flowing a little yeah. bit. That mane is flowing. He looks good, though. He looks it good. Is. You know, I used to, I, 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 um, when we had one of those Rutschman uh, get-togethers a couple years ago, uh, I made a comment that um, Adley used to be referred to as well, that's Ad Rutschman's grandson, and now Ad is referred to. Yeah. Oh, that's Adley Rutschman's grandpa. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Hey, Ad. Final thing, and this is a subject unto itself that we're not doing any justice or honor to. You were an educator for so many years, and and also a molder of of uh, young men in your time at Linfield. You made a choice, and even coached your son Danny, a quarterback there, 94, 95, which is a whole other subject I'd love to talk to you about someday. But you made a choice to go uh, with the Chargers as a scout after 1999, after you had returned to being an assistant for Jay at Linfield. What what predicated that choice, in a sense, in your all your years thereafter? with the Chargers in that NFL world, I realize we're opening up a whole new subject, but what was that like for you to make that transition and kind of what motivated it? Well, I'll tell you what motivated it. I had, I had been in education for 30 years 
And uh, I was kind of getting tired of uh, the classroom. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I just, I, in many ways, the, the classes that I taught were somewhat repetitive, and I was, I was getting a little tired of that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I was getting a little tired of was recruiting Division three athletes. And the reason I say that is that when you're at a Division three school, recruiting is about a 13-month-long job. You, you know, you start with them when they're in their early in their junior year, and you follow them all the way through their senior year. And so many times, a kid will you'll you'll work hard, and you'll and you'll convince the kid he ought to come to Linfield. And by the time he applies and everything, you find out that he may not be academically uh, suited. He may be a decent student, and he may have been able to succeed at at Linfield or other Division three schools. But for some reason, the admissions committee might, might not accept it. Maybe his test score wasn't quite high enough, or maybe the, the types of courses he took wasn't uh, quite right. And so we had sometimes we would we'd convince a kid that he could he would come to Linfield, uh, and then he wouldn't be able to get in. And now the same thing happened with financial aid. You know, without having an athletic scholarship, mm-hmm. we couldn't promise a kid anything. And they had the, it was all based on need. And some of the kids just could not afford to come to Linfield. So you'd spend a ton of time recruiting uh, these kids, and they may not qualify, and they may not be able to afford it. And that was just getting mm-hmm. getting hard. And I was I was not having as much fun doing those two things. So that, that was kind of the motivation. And I had I had really no intention of doing that, uh, uh, you know, taking another job. But I had. Uh, Mike was at this, at the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Mike Riley was at the Chargers, and I was going to go down and and do a little, uh, you know, uh, research. And uh, I was down there with. I went down there in May, and uh, my wife went with me, and we stayed with Mike and Dee, and and I uh, went to practice. And I was out of practice one of the first mornings, you know, taking notes, you know, kind of getting ready to come back to to. Um, Linfield, I was the offensive coordinator at the time, and uh, uh, Mike said that, uh, hey, Billy Devaney would like to speak to you, and I said, who's Billy Devaney, and what does he want to talk to you about? <laughs> he said, we've got a uh, we've got a scouting position open, so that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. I just kind of fell into it, and they, they uh, you know, they kind of offered me the opportunity, and because I was having some second thoughts about uh, about teaching and and uh, the recruiting part of it and so mm-hmm. forth, I uh, I kind of went for it and uh, fortunately it worked out for me. I wish it had worked out better for Mike at the time because yeah. Yeah. you know he got he got whacked right after that and mm-hmm. uh, uh, but fortunately as I was able to stay on and I got to you know work with uh, some good people in that in that business and I I enjoyed that. I'll, I'll say this, um, you know, being at Linfield and and doing what we do at Linfield was was more important in the big scope of the scope of things than you know being a scout for the Chargers. Now I enjoyed the heck out of the job. I liked the people I worked with and everything, but I didn't feel like I was making a whole big difference in the lives mm-hmm. of anybody. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just a different, it's just kind yeah. of a different world. Yeah, it must have been a shock though to the the, the quality of the athlete that you're looking at. <laughs> you, you have to make a big jump in a real short amount of time. Oh, for sure. And that was the biggest thing. In fact, 
we were talking the other night with uh, some of the guys from the from the uh, reunion deal, and I remember the my first experience with the Chargers. I I hadn't scouted anybody yet, but I went to training camp in the in the fall of 2000. That was my first experience. You know, I'd been to an NFL game or two, and I watched a lot of them on TV and so forth. And you, you know, you look at guys, but you don't really get a sense of them until you're on the field right with them. And I remember walking out on the field. And uh, this was before any cuts were made. We had 80-some guys in camp, I believe, 80, 90 guys, something like that. And the first thing I thought was when I walked out there and kind of looked around at the various positions, and I, my first thought was, who are these guys can't play? Because they, all, could, they all, looked so, they all looked so good to me, you know, bigger and faster mm-hmm. and stronger and that sort of thing. You know, they didn't work any harder, and they weren't any smarter yeah. And they and skill wise they sometimes weren't any any better. They were just bigger and faster and could do things a little more than the division three kids could do. But hey, hey, yeah, Ed, that was yeah. That, that was really interesting. We are out of time, but th- I'd love to explore a little bit more someday. Just about the whole scouting world. I ran into a guy when the Beavers were were uh at Utah, a scout for, I'll leave the organization out of it, but he told he was getting there when we were getting there, which is like three hours before kickoff. And he said, uh-huh. I, this is the most important time for me because I watch players as they come out of the field, how they warm up, how they interact with teammates. So the, the types of things that you and your years, well, can we leave that for another time? We're out of time now, but can we leave that for another time to talk about how you would kind of make separations in your evaluations and whether that piece and other pieces were important to you in that. Can we do this again down the road and talk about that soon? Sure. Yeah, that would be fun, Mike. I'd like to do that. Ed, thank you for your time. Congratulations on your 92 team and being part of this amazing 66-year streak in such a significant way. Good to talk to you. We'll talk about how Danny's getting along at Temple. I, tough, tough, and I saw some good wins, some kind of tough starts. We'll talk about that next time we visit, too. Thanks for the time, Ed. Great to get caught up with you and hope we can talk again soon yeah thank you mike thanks for having me on it was a lot of fun thank you coach ed langsdorf our guest brie galvez finally in the presence of greatness uh, the duke balvino no it's brie galvez coming up next to talk about the fan fest tonight at gill that's next on 1240 joe radio unified insurance group is your local independent insurance agency in corvallis They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams, next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis. Helping you get it done. 
Hurry into Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center now with Blue Pine TG, Shiplap Pine, and S4S Dimensional Pine and Hemlock Fur all in stock. Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center also has interior and exterior plywood as well as domestic, exotic, and live-edge hardwood currently in stock. Complete your next interior or exterior project with help from Mike's Corvallis Bargain Center, conveniently located off of Highway 34 on Texas Street between Albany and Corvallis. Have you been putting off that remodeling project? Have you finally decided to take a leap and get it done? For over 30 years, people in the Mid-Valley have been going to Corvallis Floor Covering. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, countertops, wood and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands that you know, love and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering and go Beebs! The outside to the left, and Johnson, touchdown Beavers! It takes a team effort to score a touchdown. The same is true if you need some advice with personal or business tax planning, monthly business bookkeeping, or just need some help with strategy. With over 45 years in business, the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis can help. See David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, or Robert Berry. They have the experience you need to execute the game plan and score a touchdown every time. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com and get into the game. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Really looking forward to talking to Ed Langsdorf on a uh, on other matters. I mean, we talked about a lot of things from an outstanding coach and educator, succeeded the legendary Ad Rutschman, chose to go back to be an assistant with no acrimony. He just 92 to 95, the head coach, and just say, hey, I kind of like behind the scenes more. You even heard him talking about as the head coach, he had to deal with the mechanics of getting to civic stadium. And yeah. you could tell maybe it eh, not so much up his alley, who knows but Jay Losey then took over mm-hmm. and Ed worked on Jay's staff after Ed had worked on ad staff head coach, and then back to be an assistant, then took the opportunity with Mike Riley and the chargers. You can hear kind of Oregon state stuff all over this connection yeah. with Linfield university. Oregon State University men's basketball has an event tonight at six o'clock at Gill Coliseum and Bree Galvez, director of marketing and fan experience for OSU athletics, who's been on with us before, joins us again to kind of let us know what we can expect when the doors open at Gill tonight. Bree, thanks for your time. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, we're doing well. What is what should we expect and look for? What is the Fan Fest all about? What's going to happen tonight? When do the doors open? And and how excited are you about the event uh, this evening at Gill? We're really excited for tonight. Um, tonight we are having a Fan Fest at Gill Coliseum at 6 p.m. and admission is free, so it is free for all students and fans, um, community members, um, and we are really excited to put this on it's going to be um it's our first event like this for our men's basketball team um we'll be meeting the team um coaching staff we'll have working present um engaging with students and fans um i can tell you right now we will have a contest and feature between our teams um we'll also have some student contests as well and it's really 
for us to get to know the team this year and get excited for their season. Hey, Bree, you cut out a little bit in that answer about the contest you're going to have. The last time we had you on, you were so great in talking about what you did to rally up the students for the rivalry match in volleyball. Maybe you could give us a sense of what you've done in the community, on campus, getting the word out, because I do know that uh, you push a lot of things on social media platforms. Part of the reason I wanted to have you on the old fashioned terrestrial radio was to give all of our listeners <laughs> the, the real sense who may not be as active on social that this is free and it's tonight. And so could you tell us again about some of the contests and the other other things that will be happening? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we'll be meeting the team, um, and we'll have a few contests. I will, I will say right now we are going to feature a slam dunk contest okay. between our team, um, and we'll have you know contestants and fans judging that as well. Cool. Um, we'll also be featuring some contest, student contests where students can win prizes, and fans can really get to know the team and connect to the team and get everybody excited right before season. Okay, Bree Galvez joining us, Director of Marketing and Fan Experience. When you say meet the team and meet the coaches, I'm looking forward to it because that that's something I, I need to do. I mean, I've met, I know, met the coaches and talked to Eric and Tim and know Marlon and Wayne, of course, well. But what's the format to kind of introduce all of these uh, individuals yeah, tonight? Uh, yeah, our format is going to have a Midnight Madness feel to it. Um, so we'll be having a DJ inside Gill Coliseum along with an MC and a host. Um, and our host will introduce each member of the team. Um, you know, it, it's, we'll have a game day feel environment to that as well. Will uh, concessions be open? Concessions will not be open. It's going to last about 45 minutes. Okay. okay. So the doors open 5.30-ish, 5.45. I mean, I don't want to put pressure on you or the staff, but when can people start getting there and 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 this, the, everything kind of tips off at 6 o'clock? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Tips off around 6, 6.05, and our doors will open at 5.50. Um, fans can start heading into Gill Coliseum, find their seat, um, and then, yeah, it'll be a quick 45-minute um, you know, pep rally show of our men's basketball team featuring fans and our students. Our team will be there as well. So our cheer team is prepared to teach some fun traditions like the tail slap, which is a football favorite, um, in addition to a few things that we do within the men's basketball game. Um, for example, the Qdoba foam burrito toss that we do for every three-pointer um, and our Carl's Jr. lucky free throw toss as well. So, Bree, this is this is what you know. We you talked to us before about some of the kind of creative ways trying to build the the student uh, base, which has been remarkable at football games. You, it sounds like you want to keep this thing rolling for men's and women's hoops. You've done it for volleyball with a record crowd. So, what what are some of the other things happening that, with your title, director of marketing and fan experience, what you're trying to provide, I guess, in the form of an experience that we can kind of get a glimpse of tonight that you'll roll over into games as the season goes forward. Yeah, um, we're, we're really excited to uh, introduce our students and our fans. We realize with, uh, you know, having a, a transfer portal and always kind of just welcoming new student athletes to court. Mm -hmm. Hey, to kind of build that connection. Bree, 
you're breaking up on yeah. us a little bit. Your answers are kind of clipped. I don't know if there's anything you can do. I know how this works sometimes with an adjustment in my own home when I have to, oh, step from this room to this room. So I don't know if you can do that because I don't want to lose any of this, but you're kind of cutting out. So maybe you could start oh, that no. again. Start that again if you could about trying to get, I guess, these, these student athletes introduced to the community and the students, et cetera. Yeah, um, that's that's. Um, been our main focus this year is, is getting our new student athletes out there on campus and in the community. Um, and we do that through several ways of engagement and, and events. So, for example, this past week we had our men's basketball team out on campus, um, and they were just talking to students about this event and about their season. Um, and it's really getting these student athletes out involved, um, creating those connections, um, and creating relationships so they can build a strong, dedicated, loyal fan base. Final thing, Bree, in that respect, one of the things that I've heard from people that have been able to get to the practices and be around these guys, that sense of engagement is is really heightened, and, and the guys love it, and, and they've been well-received by the community. And people who go to practice to say they play hard. They're playing hard and together. I don't know how often you get to observe all of that in your world, but in your sense of having the players out on campus engaging with students and other fans, are you seeing those kind of attributes as well? Oh, yes, absolutely. They, we have a fun group this year, and they are together, and they play hard, and they show up for each other, and that's something that they did on campus. Um, we did a few little fun activations. We brought out um, a basketball hoop, and they were engaging with students, having them dunk on it, um, really talking to them and getting to know them. And um, with this group, they are, you know, tall they may be tall and intimidating but they're very friendly um and they love to talk they love to start building build those connections and it's something that we're seeing on and off the court and it's great to have well Bree, we hope that a number of people a lot of students and, and people from within the community come out tonight doors open at 5 50 free six o'clock it sounds like a lot of fun a tremendous experience the fan fest that you and others have been working to, to kind of rally everybody up. So I look forward to seeing you and seeing the event. Thanks for taking time to share with us about it today here on the Joe Beaver Show. Thank you so much for having me, and we hope to see everybody tonight. Thank you, Bree. Bree Galvez, Brianna Galvez, the Director of Marketing and Fan Experience. Tonight, 6 o'clock, free at Gill, and you'll get a sense of what Wayne Tinkle, Eric Reveno, Tim Shelton, Marlon Stewart, and the rest of the staff have been behind the scenes quietly trying to come back from what we know very challenging season but Wayne came back I know big before after the NCAA tournament a pretty slip, steep decline with injuries and so on the following year the Beavers came back in 117 the very next year after a mm-hmm. five win season and so my my belief is this club after an elite eight run a year that's Difficult to fully explicate or understand last year, but there were a lot of things going on behind scenes that have been radically transformed by this group of players and this staff to help create a big turnaround again, starting in a sense tonight with the event. It's a young team, but I think a team is playing hard and together. And I look forward to watching what they show up with tonight in kind of a fun, casual environment. This is new. Yeah, I think it is. No, a midnight madness kind of yeah. event at 6 p.m. tonight, free at Gill.
texts and anything else you'd like to jump in with down the stretch. 497-5356, either the University Honda text line, the Downward Dog phone line on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Need your auto glass repaired or replaced? Need to recalibrate your advanced car safety system? Don't call that 800 number. Call the glass man. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. When a restaurant has been around for as long as Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, it says a lot. It says the food is good, and that's a fun place to go. At Tommy's, they serve breakfast anytime, plus lunch and dinner seven days a week. There's a lounge with a full bar, pool tables, and all your favorite Oregon lottery games. Ask about Tommy's famous Beaver Buster breakfast. If you can eat it all in an hour, it's free. And for special events, Tommy's has a large banquet room downstairs. For good food and fun times, stop by Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, there are benefits and services available to you at Lynn County Veterans Services. You've earned them. Use them. Call 541-926-3882 and take advantage of what you've earned. Home loans, disability compensation, health care, transportation, and more. Lynn County Veterans Services is here to help you. If you are a veteran and live in Lynn County, call 541-926-3882 and thank you for serving your country. Lynn County Veterans Services, serving our local veterans. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer Premier's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany, where quality, service, and peace of mind meet you as you walk through the door at 4120 Sandham Highway in Albany. Power Honda is family-owned and offers new vehicles and over a 1,000 used vehicles to choose from. Power Honda has a Google review of 4.9 stars, offers financing for everyone, and knows how to treat their customers' needs. Honda. Come feel the power at Power Honda in Albany. Get a great deal on Kubota M-Series utility tractors. Kubota's powerful and versatile lineup is rated number one in durability and owner experience. So whether you need to mow, rake, stack, lift, or pull, you can get it done right with Kubota M-Series utility tractors. And right now, get a Kubota utility tractor for $0 down, 0% APR for up to 48 months, plus save $3,000 now through December 31st. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for a full discount. Disclaimer. When a restaurant has been around for as long as Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill, it says a lot. It says the food is good, and that's a fun place to go. At Tommy's, they serve breakfast anytime, plus lunch and dinner seven days a week. There's a lounge with a full bar, pool tables, and all your favorite Oregon lottery games. Ask about Tommy's famous Beaver Buster breakfast. If you can eat it all in an hour, it's free. And for special events, Tommy's has a large banquet room downstairs. For good food and fun times, stop by Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. Hey everyone, if you're looking for an appliance like a refrigerator or a freezer or dishwasher, cooking appliances, washers and dryers, or an appliance accessory, contact Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. 
the best place to buy appliances at 21 Main Street in Lebanon. They offer install and delivery on the product they sell like Whirlpool, Frigidaire, Maytag, Speed Queen. They even offer service on most major brands. Kellenberger Appliance at 21 Main Street in Lebanon and on the web at kellenbergers.com. Hey, this is Jake with Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai. The regular maintenance of your vehicle is essential to the longevity and performance. Our team of master technicians can service all makes and models and will get you back on the road in no time. It's easy to schedule with us, either online or just give us a call, and we can schedule your service within days, not weeks or months. We offer shuttle rides and complimentary washes with every service, and we're open on Saturdays. As always, our diverse sales staff is here to provide the very best customer service to you. We're Albany Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Hyundai on Santa Am Highway across the street from the Fred Meyer. A final couple of minutes here on the program. Well, we've got about seven or eight, so plenty of time to get a phone call in at 541-497-5356 or a text to the same number. Just got a text from, uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. Thanks for the great interview with uh, Coach Langsdorf. I've met so many former players over the years, and all of them are quality role models. Much credit given to ethics and culture of the Linfield football program. Brian Long won a national championship as an undersized linebacker and has tons of stories about how it has uh, influenced his life. Kelly Costi and I coached youth football together and his uh, grit and I don't, I think it ends there. Oh, this is Dan in Beaverton. Okay, cool. A friend of mine ran into Adley in the Western lot. Okay. That was from a couple of weeks ago. All right. Well, thanks Dan from Beaverton for that. Uh, Curtis or CVB rather writes in, it was, it was an intimidation push in the back talking about the DBs, Mm -hmm. our DBs, our NFL caliber, but they seem to not realize it's their play that does that. Nobody's going to be intimidated by shoves and yapping in the NFL. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Wright had the PI and Grant had the holding call. And that was a... Okay. Okay. Right. Just to um, clarify it on the two calls. Right. Glennie writes in, it's not freezing rain. It's called crystalline entity. Quarterback in the NFL is becoming a young men's sport. Tell that to Aaron and Tom. I don't remember what that means. Dave uh, said the word is grapple. Grapple. Okay. Thank so you. Grapple of, of uh, rain or whatever. Um, Shane writes in to say, I presume the Oregon State Beavers are eligible for a bowl game. Is that a true statement? Yes. That's a very true statement. Very true. And it's a great thing. Uh, Before we kicked off our extra point, before we kicked our last extra point, I pointed to the scoreboard and asked my buddy if that score looked familiar. (laughs) Adam in Albany. Yeah, Adam, thank you. It crossed my mind briefly, and I said maybe they should just... Miss it Take to keep it there. <laughs> so we could all remember and talk about 41 to 9. But yes, for a brief moment, 41 to 9 was on the board. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kelly Costi and I coached youth football together, and his grit and teaching of toughness and tackling techniques was top notch. Terrific mo- uh, role model. One of the Sunset High School DB coaches also played at Linfield, was a great role model for the kids. They have passed on terrific lessons of what effort, technique, and ethics develop you as a great human being. Dan and Beaverton finishing that thought, and I couldn't agree more. And I think it all came from Ad. Maybe it came from Paul Durham before that. Here's something I didn't know. Terry Durham, the longtime NBA official, Mm -hmm. is Paul Durham's son. Paul Durham was the legendary coach from 
35 to 49 or some length way back, way back in the day. And uh, Terry Durham went well, just in 2000, actually, he was um, inducted into the Linfield Hall of Fame. Longtime <laughs> NBA official. It, it, we commend our friend who does such a he's such a great writer. But I commend again, if you haven't seen, if you're interested at all in learning more about the Rutschman legacy, the win streak certainly comes into play in the story, but it's more about Ad himself. But Kerry Eggers, a couple of years ago, did a deep dive story, much in the manner that he did recently with Nil and that world that we've also commended. Anytime Kerry writes something, we commend it. Excellent writer, d- does such tremendous work. But this story on Ad, just you could look up Kerry Eggers or just look up Ad Rutschman and that story pops up. Right. But in it, Mike Riley's quote again about I learn more pure football and technique. No one taught me more. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. but how Mike got the job, I wasn't fully aware of that. When uh, the D coordinator position at Alabama came open, I mean, at um, Linfield came open, Mm -hmm. and Mike just embarking on his coaching career really wanted it. I think he'd been a GA for Mike White at Cal in 75. Had then went to Whitworth, and while at Whitworth, the job at Linfield came open, and he said it's the only time he ever did this. But the connection again here is what's amazing to me, speaking of legends. Mike said, I called Paul Bear Bryant and said, could you put in a call to Ad Rutschman on my behalf? And so Bear Bryant calls Ad. Hey, I got a guy I think would be good for you for that position. And it was Bear Bryant calling Ad who hires Mike, and that sort of the rest is history. But Mike, and we someday the next time we talk to Mike, we should talk a little bit more about that. And we've kind of, the Alabama years and all of that, we we touch on here and there. What was it like for a kid out of Corvallis to go down there and play for Bear? And the things he learned most from Bear and watching Bear off. Well, and connections, too. I mean, was that the only conversation that Ad Ad Rutschman had with the likes of a Bear Bryant? I mean, how well known was Ad Rutschman? Because he's Division Three, he's NAIA in the corner right. of Pacific Northwest. How well known was he around college football? Right. Kind of like uh, the coach down at uh, OIT was yes, very Danny well. Miles. Bill yes. Self is, mm-hmm. is thinking. I know who, who Danny Miles right. is. Impressive. But then Mike also in that article talks about, you mentioned Paul Durham, you mentioned Ed, and we didn't even talk to Ed about being an assistant track and field coach mm-hmm. while at Linfield. But Mike said those were the happiest days of his life. He was a JV baseball coach. I think assisted on the JV <laughs> Mike baseball Riley team. Was? Mike Riley at Linfield while well, there. And running around, he said, I, I, I was never busier in my life. And he yeah. said, I was never happier. Either. Well, and here's a good example of that. Our own Casey Bunn. Uh, I can't remember. Casey Wilson now, I think it is. But anyway, Casey Bunn, who played for women's basketball here in early 2000s, is the basketball coach at Linfield, the women's team. And I, I noticed in this this uh, um, program from last Saturday, she was working concessions. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and, and Kip brought everybody. you the program, right? Yeah. Thank you, Kip, for everything. We're going to close on this and then pick the theme up tomorrow because I, I this is a narrative that I know Dave and others tire of, and yet people outside Oregon State football, they are more impressed sometimes, I think, than maybe we are from within. Well, yeah, we should have beaten USC and you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Beavers are 6-2. and two. And here's what John Wilner wrote in his Saturday Night Five, Saturday Night. Of the five teams that have clinched bull bursts, Oregon State's success is the most impressive. And then here is where 
people start to get a little rankled because here's what he said. Oregon State's success is the most impressive given each program's resources, tradition, and recruiting base. Everything is more difficult in Corvallis, writes Wilner. The margin for error with recruiting and injuries is a fraction of what exists in Seattle, Eugene, and Los Angeles. Yet coach Jonathan Smith continues to make shrewd personnel evaluations and maximize the talent on hand. What's wrong with that? Nothing. And yet people like get I've heard others say, hey, well, you, you sell a sword. You sell a sword. No. Don't say that it's harder here. I'm just saying what Wilner wrote. Did you all hear what Wilner said? Is he right or wrong? We'll take that up amongst other things tomorrow in open phones. But I thought it was a, a kind and, I think, fairly accurate observation from John to look at bowl-eligible teams and say what's going on here is the most impressive. See you tomorrow. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.